Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Un podcast para ti y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is your hosts, Luis Octavio and Brenda Gonzalez. And we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! On this episode, we introduce a new team member who is also guest co-hosting with us, Lauren Gaitan, our very first intern. Brenda and I also sit down with Jorge Madrid, manager for California Clean Energy at the Environmental Defense Fund, discussing what clean energy means for the Latino community. We also talk about Molcajete, we bring back that segment, and we throw a chanclazo to one of the Kardashians. Oh my God, this is so exciting, you guys, because we are going to introduce to you Tamarindo's very first intern, Lauren Gaitan. ¿Qué onda? How are you? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> ¿Cómo estás? I'm doing good. You know, I could use some orange juice right now, but other than that... I'm orange good. juice? Are you cruda? Are you hungover? What? Oh, you know, this is like how I get my day started. I need oh, it. I was going to say, because you look a little hungover. I'm just damn, kidding. Bro, Putting you up last. Damn. No, don't drag me. I just have like bags naturally. All the time. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. So everybody, this is Lauren Gaitan. Lauren, thank you so much. I can't even believe that you were interested in collaborating, contributing to Tamarindo Podcast. Yeah. So I met you at the Molcajete Dominguero in May. And like I saw you at the Mercado LA table and I was like, wait. This is the Tamarindo co-host. Like I was a little bit nervous, but I really wanted to talk to you about like the Oaxacan designers and artists that you uh -huh. work with and like how you guys work together to expose cases of like cultural appropriation. There was this article that I read in like Shop Latinx Biz that I was like living for. You were featured and like basically made while like the clothing company got dragged. And so like I came up to you just like wanting the tea. <laughs> and like you sort of hit it off from there. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, totally. I thought I thought it was so cool, and um, yeah, we met at Molcajete Dominguero, which, for those of you that don't know, shameless plug, ahí les va. Um, every third Sunday of the month, follow at Molcajete Dominguero. Um, but we met there, and you just started talking about the hats and the embroidery, and especially uh, or specifically that um, article. And I was just like, wow, she is so woke. Like you just started like going at it and we were having this conversation. And then all of a sudden you were like, um, are you Luis from Tamarindo? And I was like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, I felt like a celebrity. Yeah, I felt yeah. like a Kardashian. Mm -hmm. No, I just, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just like felt like, you know, asking if y'all needed help, you know, if there was like any capacity for me to, um, you know, like add my skills, you know, to the table and like, yeah, just like collab with you guys. So and you so ob obviously you had heard Tamarindo. How did you hear about Tamarindo uh, to begin with? So, okay, I, I heard about Tamarindo from Latinos Who Lunch. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually really funny because, like, in one of their episodes, uh, they gave a shout-out to one of their interns. And so, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, wait. So, like, I'm sure a lot of these, like, you know, like, uh, podcasts of color, you know, like, could have a little help. And so, like, that's how I got the idea of being an intern. We kind of, like, ran with it. That's awesome because, yeah, when you asked if there were any positions available, I was like, uh, it's just a team of three people. Yeah, yeah. 
An but, hour four in a bucket. So. <laughs> oh, let's get into it. Oh, wow. Putting us on blast now, huh, Lauren? I think we're at that level now. But I know, I know. I'm Producer Jeff is like, tell him about the bucket. <laughs> so, okay. So on the first day that Lauren um, uh, came in to, to help us out and collaborate, um, we had a busy schedule. We had so many interviews to go through. And some of these um, interviews had two people. So in our studio, we have... Three chairs and a couch. And so we don't really have that much space. And then um, the interviewee started coming in and we didn't have anywhere for Lauren to sit. So I looked around, saw a bucket, turned it upside down and was like, here, sit here. <laughs> but I did it because I feel like in Mexico, you just grab whatever you can or find, yeah, yeah, even if you're like a taqueria stand or wherever, yeah, you know, and yeah, you sit, make it work. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, I don't know if it was Brenda or Jeff who, who, who like started making fun of it, and then I felt like, what an asshole. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Like one day, one day, I'm gonna get another bucket, and like, uh-huh. yeah, the nalga will just like fit, you know. And then Jeff was like, you know, being the comedian that Jeff is on the side, he was like, <laughs> hey. well, he's hey. like, he, he was like, uh, well, you can check that one off your bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Started from the bucket, now we here on a chair. Honestly, like she owned the bucket. And that's she did. Why, that's why I like respect Lauren to this day. Yes. On this day, we are serving fierce bucket looks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So realness. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much. We just want to say thank you because, uh, you know, more than an internship, I think that you've become um, a collaborator, a contributor to our Tamarindo podcast. And we really appreciate it. Like you've made us so like legit. Oh, matraca. Gosh. I mean, seriously, you guys, we're now like legit. <laughs> it's been so fun, though. Um, I've been doing like a little bit of design work and like social media work, which has been so fun. Um, I like reposting like a bunch of like intersectional feminist memes and stuff mm-hmm. on like Tumblr and Twitter and stuff like that. I really like accounts like um, at Bad Dominicana, at La Negrita, at um, Gringa Tears. And so like, nice. yes, yes um, bringing like that perspective to the podcast has been like really fun and like blogging about my experience as like a woman of color trying to navigate like creative fields and stuff like that and just like I guess serve as an example as well to like show like other um, women of color that you can like you can invest in like creative fields and um, do podcasting do journalism I mean do whatever you're interested in yeah absolutely I mean it's been great you've contributed already in such a short time, a, a ton to the program. So we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We won't put you on the bucket anymore. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but um, I, I also want to share that last weekend, we actually hung out because we had a barbecue because we had our friend Favi from Latinos Who Lunch um, out here. And uh, it was also really great to to hear you outside of like this setting, right? Cause yeah, of course. It was awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. So we had a good time. You brought one of your friends um, who has her own business, Cynthia. Yeah, Mexvigana. Mexvigana, yes. So that was awesome. Did you have a good time at the barbecue? I did. You know, um, the turnip was real. Um, <laughs> all the food was delicious. 
And um, I actually think that we should start like a Tamarindo like summer playlist on Spotify because like oh look at that. I was checking out your like your tunes. You got some bangers in there, okay? Like <laughs> we need to share this. <laughs> we all got some pretty poppin' music taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. But you know, like it's funny because I'll be listening to like algo en inglés or even Frank Sinatra, and then the next song yeah. is gonna be banda. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, you better be ready for that because it's going to be all over the place. That's my playlist. That's that's. I feel like that's how my life is too. Mm-hmm. Kind of like all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Pero perfect. So, we have a segment here at Tamarindo um, where we spin la ruleta, el trompo, la pirinola, whatever all these names that we've named it. But um, so we have has. Several different topics. One of them is telenoveleando, where we talk about what we've been watching, either on Netflix, TV, Hulu, whatever. Um, and then we have a saboreando, where we talk about your favorite food, restaurant. We have a cultura corner, dichos, and tiburón tank. That's my favorite. Oh, my God. That's my favorite. You know what? I need to get a T-shirt because you got tiburón tank. That'd be cool. Probably only I would wear it or get it, but I still want to get a T-shirt. <laughs> so... We're going to spin it, and whatever it lands on, that's what we're talking about. How do you like that? That sounds good. Arale, pues. Let's spin it. And it landed on Dichos. Yes. A ver, do so you ready. have a Dicho? I do, I do. Little... Um, it's by Berta Cáceres, um, and it is, We must shake our conscience free from rapacious capitalism, racism, and patriarchy. Um to to basically move on to have like a better future you know like those systems are going to like only contribute to like our self-destruction and i would definitely encourage folks to learn more about um berta caceres as she is she was a honduran indigenous rights activist um you know lands rights activist environmental justice advocate and um yeah basically like learn more about her work and her legacy Uh, i'm i actually like i'm super inspired by her as um like a woman of color who's just trying to like hold it down in the environmental movement, you know, mm-hmm. which is like so like white, cis, male, like head dominated. And, um, you know, like for her to make her work like so accessible, right? And grassroots um, by like including like indigenous folks from Honduras was like so cool to me. Um, so yeah, that's definitely like my saying. How did you came, How did you come across her? Yeah, so I actually came across her through um, an environmental justice class that I took. Um, I had a friend and both her and I were kind of like frustrated with our curriculum. You know, like we were learning a, b- a lot about like Aldo Leopold and like folks like uh, Bill McKibben and like John Muir, which are like all white male um, environmental, like quote unquote leaders, right? But like a lot of their work is like so inaccessible. Um, you know, it doesn't account for poor folks or like women of color, indigenous folks. Mm-hmm. And so like that's why like I gravitated towards um, like folks like Berta Caceres. So yeah, definitely check out her work. Oh my God, that's so cool. And she's obviously created some sort of impact in your life because you're not even reading that quote from like a piece of paper or anything. You just kind of have it. Like, wow, that's so cool. Perfect. Well, you heard it from Lauren Gaitan. Well, my dicho is not as, you know, awesome as yours. 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. <laughs> But um, my dicho is one that I've been talking about for the longest time. I, I know I've said it before, but I can't stop like talking about it, especially right now that we're doing Molcajeta. I feel like this has become kind of like the motto for, for Molcajeta, uh, Dominguero. And that's basically, my grandfather used to say a lot, que el sol sale para todos. You know, the sun shines for everyone. And I never knew what that meant growing up. I was just like, okay, what does that mean? Like, the sun is there. Like, I don't get it. Um, but now as I'm older, and I feel like that basically means that, you know, you shouldn't be um, jealous of other people's success or what other people are doing and that you should share, right? So the um, the experience that I have with that, Dicho, is at, especially in Morcajeto Minguero, there's a lot of vendors that we're working with now there. That have become kind of this. Ha, this whole thing has become kind of like a, a a family of vendors, and we all help each other out. Where if somebody needs to order pins, and somebody who already has them doesn't mind sharing their vendor for that, or sharing their you know sticker vendor or whatever. And I feel that that is so important. Especially in the Latino community, Definitely. because I feel like it doesn't really happen that much. It's always like, ah, look what I have, but I'm not going to share my secrets with you. Um, so uh, recently, we one of our vendors got hit up by another vendor who claimed that they were copying her work, right? And I just thought that whole thing was just so ridiculous because, you know, what if instead of investing that time in in you know, oh, you copied me or you copied whatever, you invested in just you know, saying, hey, I like what you're doing. Like some people have asked me, like, what if somebody were to come in that made hats like yours? And I said, that's fine. Like, I have no problem in somebody else creating embroidered hats. At that point, I guess what, what would happen is, you know, you just have to be so confident in your product and the service. So if somebody else is selling the same thing as you, then you need to step it up and provide either better service or something that separates you from the rest, right? So that's what El Sol Sale Para Todos means to me. You know, like everybody has an opportunity to do something and make it. And you shouldn't, you know, put anybody down or anything. Just help each other out. Like, you know, there's enough space for everyone. So anyways, um, I think we should get on with the show. No? Yes. <laughs> so... That was an awesome dicho, by the way. Uh, gracias, Lauren. Yeah, like, we, we all rise together, you know? I yes. Think that perspective's important. Thank you, Lauren. Speaking of El Sol Sale Para Todos and environmental issues, our next interview um, that we had with Brenda is with Jorge Madrid, manager for California Clean Energy at the Environmental Defense Fund and a nationally recognized voice on climate equity issues. Let's hear it. Okay, great. We're so excited to have with us today Jorge Madrid, who's the manager for California Clean Energy for the Environmental Defense Fund and a nationally recognized voice on climate equity. 
Hey, what's up, you guys? Oh, thank what's you for stopping by. It's so good to, to meet you now. We've been um, Twitter friends, and now That's we're right. real friends. So thank you for mm-hmm. coming to the Tamarindo podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, I just love what you guys are doing here. Uh, yes. Podcast is my favorite way to consume media, and nice. I never see people who look like me and sound like me. And then I found you guys, and it's <laughs> so thank you, thank you. Well, tell us what, like, okay, what do you what do you do, and how are you um, getting the Latino community to be concerned about the environment? Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, my business card says manager, but I like to call myself the clean energy revolution manager. Very cool. Uh, (laughs) You know, the the clean energy revolution is happening and it's here. And there's a lot of disappointing stuff happening in Washington, D.C. We don't have to get into that. But there's a lot of inspiring stuff happening locally in cities and in states and the state of California where we're at and in the city of Los Angeles where we're recording is doing some really amazing things. And so I'm... Um, really trying to show that cities can be the area where we show that there's real value and real benefit to clean energy, to environmental protections, um, and, and that it can really help real people. Um, and I think the other main mission for myself as it relates to engaging Latino communities is, you know, we've been environmentalists for a long time. We just weren't recognized by the mainstream environmental movement. That's exactly and what I was going to say. Absolutely, <laughs> um, but a lot of the, a lot of you know, our practices, our values, our culture, uh, a lot of those things are becoming you know chic or hip right now. But it's something I think that we grew up with, and I think that I try to recognize and celebrate. Um, and then really bring in new technologies and new policies that are available now to kind of bring those worlds together. What are some of the things that we've been doing for the longest time but are now hip? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, growing our own stuff, eating our, healing ourselves with plants, carpooling, uh, um, not wasting, you know. I, I, I've been an environmentalist in many ways since I was a little kid, and a lot of us have because if you left the room and you left the light on or if oh, yeah. you left the water running, pass, you know, like you were in trouble. And those are, as individuals, those are really important uh, steps that we can take because collectively, um, especially in a big city like Los Angeles, it has a huge impact. Um, and, and, and I'll speak for myself personally. A lot of times it was like, oh, well, we do that because we're poor. You know, maybe, but it's also, I think, this idea where you're not wasting. Right. You're not wasting resources and you're really trying to make sacrifices for future generations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like um, that brings, that takes me back to like um, when I used to, well, I still go to Mexico quite often, but, you know, you have to fill up a pileta with water and that's what you're going to have for the week Mm -hmm. or whatever, however many gallons it holds. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like you're, even my grandmother tells me, like, you know, make sure that. That when you're, you know, rinsing or not rinsing, but um, putting shampoo in your hair, yes, to turn off the That's water, right. Right? That's right? So, Abuelita was right this whole yeah. time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the, this concept that things are not. Endless, like there's yes. a, these things could run out. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's that's scary. Yeah, it's true. Super scary. Yeah. So, um, okay, tell me more about being here in, in L.A. So, what are the things that are inspiring from uh, from a environmentalist perspective? Absolutely, I think that, and uh, especially after the election, but really kind of of it's been happening in the last couple of years is there's been sort of a, a, a recognition. That people of color, that, you know, folks that have been struggling on the front lines to oppose pollution, to oppose 
uh, um, just kind of assaults on our dignity and our humanity. Um, that has really been the thing that's energized environmental movements for a long time. And, and so L.A. Um, is, is some place that really, I think, exemplifies that. Um, and now, in my work in like a big mainstream organization, I try to connect the big policies that are happening in L.A. We just passed a big measure to increase public transportation. Um, you know, there's lots of, of, of great work in expanding clean energy, which is part of my role and part of what we try to do with Eastside Seoul, which we can talk about in a little bit. Um, and, and uh, you know, for example, last year we had a really, really powerful drought and there was a big campaign to get people to save money by maybe switching out their lawns, using less water, just kind of a, 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 a more of a, a, of a sort of activation campaign. And that ended up being one of the most successful efforts in all of Los, you know, all of LA's history oh, wow. to save water and energy because we actually use a lot of energy to deliver water uh, because we live in a desert here. Mm -hmm. So I just think like a lot of these actions that we're taking, they may seem small, but they really do add up. And, and, and I think that like a part of the reason for that is LA has such a rich immigrant community, a lot of people of color who understand those values of not wasting. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's, it's inspiring to me. And I think that this is what's going to carry us forward with or without stuff happening uh, out of the national level. Well, um, you, you were so sweet. You came to us with some beautiful imagery um, that one in particular that I'm looking at and that I'm going to uh, connect it to the T-shirt that you're wearing. Yeah. So we have this great picture. We'll put it on our Instagram. It's a street vendor, um, but um, he's got an umbrella that's solar powered. That's right. That is so cool. T tell us about that. And then also tell us about the shirt that you're wearing, which says legalized street vending. Yeah. Okay. Well, so the artwork that I brought you, it was the first series uh, from a local artist, Oscar Magallanes. Um, it was from the first East Side Soul, uh, and um, really, what what we're trying what we're trying to achieve there, and what we're trying to achieve, or what I try to achieve every day, is bringing these two worlds together. Mm -hmm. Images that are familiar for, for us. On the, I grew up in the East Side. Um, you know, we see the 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 fruit guy, we see the taco truck. You know, we see images of the Virgen everywhere, and those are part of our culture. But also, um, I think a, a, a really sort of example of our entrepreneurship and our, our ability to adapt and to be resilient. And to my t-shirt, you know, street vendors, um, they used to be the informal economy because, you know, maybe they didn't have resources to, to have a brick and mortar store. And now it's, you know, and now street street food is, is so hot right now, right? Yeah. But, but that innovation... Well, that we started. <laughs> yeah, that innovation came from our community. So bringing that together, I wanted to bring those two worlds together, is the images is that are familiar to us, and then new technology like solar power, like wind power, and electric vehicles, things like that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. So um, I'm curious with, about these images. Yes. So do you, how do you guys put this out into the public for people so people could see it are these part of like flyers is it on your website like a little bit of everything we, we kind of uh, use it you know we, we do the one and then we we brand it a lot with our social media with our websites because um, we, these are really powerful images thank you, thank i mean you. Uh, brenda just spoke about one but then we also have um a taco truck that you brought uh, as well that, ha that, that has solar panels on the top of it and then there's this one with the Virgen de Guadalupe in front of these um, windmills, right? What, wind turbines, yes. Wind turbines. Um, w w tell me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of this kind of going back to what I was saying, I grew up here on the east side. A lot of imagery is familiar to myself and, you know, other Latinos, Latinas that grew up in, in Southern California. Um, 
what is what is not prevalent in our community are these examples of, of new clean energy technology, which is popping up all over the place, but not in our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what is a new technology. Like, it's so yeah, it's it's um, there's a leap right to make into that space yeah. so how are you yeah. all making that connection well it's expensive mm-hmm. it, it has been expensive it's starting to get cheaper and the state and the city they have a lot of really great resources so that pe- so to make it more affordable but we also need new innovations and in policy to make things accessible to our people so that they are affordable that they're accessible a lot of our a lot of us rent including myself and when you rent versus owning your home it's harder to install these things um, so, so it's also about connecting with resources um, and, and and really being able to show that this is something that culturally we own. It's part of us, and these practices are part of us. But um, it's kind of been kept separate because a lot of times I think we think about environmental issues. We think about, you know, the whales and the dolphins and, you know, sea creatures right. and polar bears. And those are important, too, and those are all part of this bigger system. But uh, I really wanted to bring it to make it real for our people and, and, and to really show that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, there's a real local connection as well. And so it sounds like Eastside Seoul is one of the avenues yes. that helps to connect that. So um, tell us about this event. When is it? What, what does it achieve? What does it look like? Eastside Seoul, it's, it's a celebration. Um, yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first 100% solar-powered, so completely solar-powered art and music festival in Los Angeles. That's wow, that's cool. matraca for matraca, that. Matraca, yeah. Matraca. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, and it started right in Boyle Heights, mm-hmm. um, my neighborhood. Um, we're in our third year now. And, um, you know, it's a big party. We have a good time. We have free music, live music, free food. Um, and we want to bring people there to, have, to be in a, a, a comfortable, family-friendly, safe, uh, family-friendly space. And while they're there having a good time, we also want to educate people about these new en- clean energy technologies. What are the programs to access them? Like I mentioned, there is a lot of uh, resources available, but a lot of our folks don't find out about them because um, they're just not marketed to our communities. Mm-hmm. Or, or when they are, it's like, well, I don't want to sign papers because what if, you know, I don't want an inspector coming to my house to see, like, the illegal addition I put on my house and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and, and what we want to do is educate and say, you know, this is – these are technologies that are accessible to you, and this is how you access them in a safe way. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of these programs, especially if you just have an existing account with the L.A. Department of Water and Power or with SoCal Edison or your utility, they're not asking for extra documentation and things like that. This is something that every, every rate-paying resident of Los Angeles can access. Very cool. So it just helps it helps you educate, and it's accessible in a fun space. In a fun space, and 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 again, kind of keeping that connection. One one other kind of piece of this imagery, and I, I hope you showed it with your audience, is it brings in a lot of sort of our indigenous culture and indigenous iconography as well, because again, I think that this is something we've been connected to for a long time, um, and and need to own now. And, and this is event. The event is August nineteenth. 
It is August 19th of this year, yeah. Very cool. Well, well, we'll be happy to promote it. It sounds like a really great opportunity to learn about all these services and to, to get our community more inspired and educated about, about these issues. Thank um, you. Now, to back up a little bit, um, so you've, you've shared several times that you're, you're from the East Side, you grew up in Boyle Heights. Yes. Um, but you spent some time in, in, in D.C. That's right. So tell, how did you end up uh, being connected in this issue? How, like, uh, how did you end up being where you are now? In kind of a backwards way, to be honest with you. Um, environmentalism was something that was not on my radar. I went to UC Santa Barbara for undergrad, and you know it's a lot of very like Ooh, eco. UC Santa Barbara producer Jeff went there. Yeah, yeah what's up? <laughs> um, so it's a very like eco school, you know. They're all about saving the environment, and I would see them, and I was like, okay, that's great, but that's not really me, you know. Like I got, like I my I, I have people back in my neighborhood who need help, not just the polar bears and the dolphins, right? And so it, it wasn't really a close connection um, until uh, about 2008. Uh, a guy by the name of Van Jones writes a book called The Green Collar Economy. Van Jones is now on CNN. He's a really awesome guy. But but his um, connection and what, and what made it really real for me was he was talking about we have issues like urban poverty and lack of access to food, lack of access to parks. We have a pipeline of young black and brown people going right into prison and not into careers. And we also have this huge global problem, climate change, mm-hmm. um, pollution, um, and his argument, and, what I, and, and, and really what I continue to believe, is that fixing climate change and fighting climate change can also be a way to lift people out of poverty, to get people access to a higher quality of life, um, and that a lot of these systems that we have, transportation, housing, healthcare, food, a lot of it's connected, and, and, and the impacts uh, both on our bodies and on our climate is connected. Um, and so it really kind of lit my hair on fire, and it was like, I can be an environmentalist, but also really care about my community and, 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 and really focus on helping people of color and you know, other marginalized communities that get marginalized not just in society, but by our economy. And, and, and I think the biggest example is, is the pollution that affects, uh, in Southern California, for example, black and Latino low-income people the most uh, and benefits... You know, people who live on the west side, the, you know, so it's like the, the, the burden is, is, is carried by one community, the benefits by another. Um, and so for me, I, I knew that I, I wanted to make a change there. And so probably for the, about the last uh, almost 10 years now, I've been working environmental issues, trying to, wow. trying to make that happen. That's amazing. You know, one of the things that I that as I'm hearing you speak about this is um, I have friends that are that have come and visit me from Germany, mm-hmm. and every time they come, it always it's always like a reality check because they're like, you know, it doesn't matter how much we try to like, you know, not use plastic and you know mm-hmm. get do everything and anything we can for environmental right for for the environment when here in in California. Just in California, you guys, it doesn't seem like you really care about these issues, right? We're so much more wasteful. In or we're, so mu- we're so much more wasteful, right? I mean, granted, all of Germany is probably smaller than just the state of California, right? But oh, yeah. um, bringing this awareness is important. Bringing the awareness to the Latino community, I think, is brilliant. It's great to have this. What are some of the um, obstacles that you guys are facing when talking to the people, aside from what you just mentioned that, you know, sometimes they're scared. They're, they don't want to have somebody from the city come in and see that there's an actual, like a, 
in addition to the back of the house yeah. that is that wasn't that is not that doesn't have permits right. or whatever. Right. So how are you guys breaking that barrier? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, my family, family of five, we grew up in a converted two-guy garage. So, you know what I mean? I, that's, we lived that, like, unpermitted structures. Um, so I think the, the most important thing is, is to make it affordable and accessible, right? And by that, I mean the process to apply is, is, is comfortable. The, the messengers from these different agencies that have these, these incentives, I'm really pushing them to work with local nonprofits, you know, church organizations, uh, uh, school organizations, where the message is not coming from like a city worker. It's coming from a trusted from messenger, their community. somebody from okay, their community. Smart. And so part of what we want to do with Eastside Soul and the other work is is to actually um, sort of train the messengers and, and, and get people in the community conversant with these technologies and, and, and to be early adopters so they can show their neighbors um, that this is something that is accessible, affordable, um, and that isn't going to be too hard or onerous to 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 apply for and achieve. Um, so I think that that's that's one important one. And, and then I've sort of already said this, but to underscore that a lot of this is is us honoring our our, our culture and our practices mm-hmm. by doing this, and and to really um, I think own that and be proud of that. And and uh, um, I think for a lot of us, including myself, who you know, the, the child of immigrants, I might have strayed away from that for a little while because we get caught up in materialism and what we want. And, you know, all the studies show that, like, you know, the material goods isn't really what makes us happy. And I think for some of us, including myself, I, I, I got away from those practices and, and, and those values. And coming back to it brings a lot of joy and, and, mm-hmm. and I think, connection. Um, and I want to share that with people. The reason why I ask that is because... Um, I've been telling my mom, like, and my dad, hey, you guys should get solar panels on the roof yeah. of the house, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and I mean, it's not my house, it's their house, and they just don't seem to understand why or the value, but one of my mom's comadres recently got them, and now my mom wants oh, to get them. Oh, there network. you go. You know, oh, so yeah. that's why I was like... That's the way to do it. I was, uh, that's, that's why I was wondering. The, I mean, that's the best form of marketing is when the comadre, you know, gets it. <laughs> so cool. So you, you guys need I mean? to have a team of comadres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's it. And that's what actually what we're trying to do with this year's Eastside Soul is to get a, a team of promotoras to be in the community and to actually... Um, I want to see some senoras driving around in a Tesla and yes, with the yes. solar panels and talk yes, to their homegirls. Let's do it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, um, what people can't see because this is a podcast is your your huge smile when you talk about your work. I know. So um, it's beautiful to see how passionate you are and you've probably people listening to this and certainly for me, it's like another reminder of um, just maybe one day when I own a home, I'll think about solar energy, but other ways. And um, so thank you. Thank you for taking the time to, to um, educate us a little bit about this topic. So where can people find out more about Eastside Soul and um, the work that you do? So you can follow me on Twitter at Jorge Says. Um, that's where I do most of my activity. Um, and Eastside Soul has its own Twitter page as well. It's at East Soul. East Soul. Okay. Or you can go to eastsidesoul.org. Um, that's where our website, previous videos, 
that's where you can get the most information, including uh, we haven't released a list of bands that are playing this year, Ooh, but they're going to be good. Uh, so keep, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Wait. Okay, well, uh, we're at the point in our interview where we ask the same questions of all of our guests. Mm-hmm. The favorite, most exciting part of, um, of the Tamanito podcast. Um, why don't you ask the first question, Luis? Yes. So what is, what is your favorite snack? Ooh, I have to go with the classic, and I'm going to re- reference the artwork again. I love the fruta with the limon yeah. and the chile, um, and you get it in the bag, and then afterwards, you have to drink the juice. That's, I know. Yes. I think that's the best part. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The juice con el chilito. Oh, and my gosh. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That's, literally, mm. my, my mouth is watering. <laughs> that's how, you get, <laughs> that's how they got me to eat. Yeah, you know, healthy foods when I was younger. They had to put chile and some limon on there, but it worked. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, now, what would be your telenovela name? If you had a telenovela starring you or maybe just a telenovela <laughs> character, what would it be? You know, I've been thinking about this. It's a little bit different. Have you guys been watching uh, Master of None yes, on Netflix? Yes, we have. Oh my gosh, I, love. I think mine would be like a, like a Chicano version of that. And, and, and I say that... For those of you who haven't seen the show Master of None, it's really incredible. I, I, I recommend it. But a lot of it is about sort of transition, transitioning from the main character who's Muslim, who has very you know, traditional family members and, and is trying to like be like a modern man while embracing some cultural things, but moving on from other ones that maybe don't fit in, in, in today's, today's world. And uh, uh, I think that that would be kind of be my story. I can really relate to that a lot. So it'd be like a Chicano master of none. I love it. I love Great. it. Very cool. And then if you had a chancla that you could throw at a person, uh, yeah. place, thing, concept, who gets your chancla? <laughs> or what? I mean, I want to say I want like a Batman chancla that's going to hit like Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions. It's good. You know, but, but, but instead I will say another classic, which is... If you're brushing your teeth, you better turn off that water. If you leave the room, turn off that light. You know, don't leave the TV on. The the, like the classic, like yeah. You can already see a beat to this. The, the classic, the classic uh, 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 chancla, <laughs> and uh, you know, let's let's teach the youngsters that too. You know, even maybe some of us are doing a little bit better, and we can afford to pay our electric bills. But I think it's still important to to have this lesson where we don't want to waste things. We want to be able to to live. Um, comfortably, but also, you know, not use too many resources for ourselves. And I think that's just a good lesson in general. That is a good lesson. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's a great place to, to conclude our conversation with you. Thank you so much for stopping by. We're super excited to uh, maybe attend this event, Eastside Soul. Yes. Yeah, we'll see you there. Date, great, great bands, great event, um, and just educating our community on the importance of these, these resources. So thank you again. We'll give another matraca for Jorge. All right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>
that was awesome. You know what? I'm so inspired by everything that Jorge is doing. I think that it's great. I think that it's necessary. Um, but we talked about these images, and I cannot wait till we have like a solar panel food truck festival, or or the these carritos de fruta have like the solar panels on top. Like that's gonna be so cool. What yeah. do you think? Snaps, snaps for the solar uh, taco truck. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> you know what would also be cool? Speaking of these like food truck vendors, you know how we have Molcajete Dominguero? For those of you who don't know what Molcajete Dominguero is and live in the LA, Orange County, San Diego, San Fernando area, well, you should come to a Molcajete Dominguero. It happens every third Sunday of the month unless there's a holiday. But what we've been doing with Molcajete Dominguero is providing a space where we can bring in vendors, um, people of color, you know, vendors and um and provide them with a space so that they can sell. Yeah. And we have a lot of great vendors. And that's where we met. Ob- that is where we so, met. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have a lot of great vendors. And I actually want to highlight one of the vendors today. And this is Casa Papalotl. I love that name. Yes. Like for those of you guys that don't know what Papalotl means, it's basically a kite. And what they do is they are an organic cruelty-free herbal teas and remedies with a focus on women with a Y, children and families. So you can follow them on their Instagram at Casa Papalotl and that's C-A-S-A-P-A-P-A-L-O-T-L and Papalotl is Nahuatl. Right, so it's like right. native native tongue. So um, they have a bunch of different teas, and they curate them themselves. It's such a great concept. The teas are amazing, and at every Molcajete um, Dominguero, they actually have samples. So one of the samples that they do is um, I forgot the name of the of the tea, but it's so great because they obviously prepare it the way you would prepare you know regular tea. So hot water, they boil it, and you know that stuff. But then. They pour it over ice, and it just becomes like this very refreshing tea. It's just amazing. Did you have it that one time you were there? No, but I'm so down to try it. And I think that like having such like a, a personal touch, like with specifically tea, is so important because like a lot of the times, like at the grocery store or whatever, you can pick up any tea, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't know like if like the folks who were making the tea were like mad that day, right? And then you consume that, you know, yes. like you drink that. Yes. So you want to make sure that like the people that are, you know, like dealing with the, the, the plants and like the herbs that go into these teas, like, you know, are happy and, you know, like you're going to consume that happiness. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm telling you, like the people behind this um, business, they are amazing and their Insta story videos are great. And you could tell that they genuinely love what they're doing because it translates even through their Insta story. You know, the way they prepare it and the way they um, put everything together. I mean, it's just amazing. And I love the name. I absolutely love the name. So if you're, again, in the LA area, come down to Molcajete Dominguero. You can follow at Molcajete Dominguero um, and see uh, where and when the next Molcajete will be. Yes, come out. All right. So we've come to the best segment of all. Chancla time. Yes. Let's get it. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I know. That is going to be the the sound. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So, all right. So I'm going to start off. So my chanclazo this week actually goes to myself. Ay. Híjole. Dun, dun, dun. So 
I didn't I didn't think that this was possible, but I actually made my mom cried. Cried? Uh, cried. <laughs> yeah, I actually made my mom cry. So my parents just left to Mexico for like vacation and they were just, you know, getting ready. And it was two days before they left on vacation. And I don't know, I must have been having a bad day that, you know, le le resonga mi mamá. I basically talked back and I don't remember what I said. But then all of a sudden I see her tear up and I was like, why are you crying? Like I screamed at her. I'm like, why are you crying? Like, at that moment, I didn't feel bad. But then I saw her and I was like, fuck, what an asshole. I'm so used to being on like the receiving end of that. My mom's like, I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) (laughs) I almost wanted to do that. Yeah. I almost wanted to be like, why are you? I literally was like, why are you crying? Uh Like, I really wanted to say, I'll give you something to cry about. No. But um, but anyways, I, I, I'm giving myself the chancla because regardless of whatever I said, um, I know it must have been like, you know, a really asshole move of me. And um, I love my mom. I love her so much. And both my parents, they're amazing people. And I don't know why I did that. I just totally snapped. And sometimes, yeah. I, sometimes you just have to have step moments. back a little bit. And, and you know, and so um, that same day, I, I I apologize because then we got back home. We were out and about getting her. Oh, we were getting her stuff for the trip. And uh, so I, we got back and I started crying because I was like, I, why did I do that? What a what a dumbass. Um, so I, I, I then um, apologized to her and I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. I was just like so frustrated, blah, blah, blah. But there's obviously no excuse. Yeah, at least you realize though, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't talk back to your parents. Dude, never. No, you get that backhand. Because no, forget about I. I wish it would have just like slapped me or something. That yeah. would have been like, okay. But then she didn't do anything. She stayed quiet. It's kind of worse, you know. It's you have to, worse. Like, you have to sit with that. It's so much more worse because now that that was like weighing in on my conscience and that was yeah. like, uh, so heavy. Yeah. Or you're um, like, what is she going to do when we get home? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, I deserve the chancla. What about you? Who's your chunk class going to? My chunk class is going to Rob Kardashian um, for just being trash, a trash man. Um, yeah, so he basically posted a bunch of explicit photos of Black China, his ex fiance, I think, um, without her consent. Oh and yeah, that's just like, oh my gosh, the misogyny is so real with him and with like this whole family, you know? Well, pues, yeah. But he definitely deserves like a big chunkla. Big chunkla for him. Chunkla to Rob Kardashian. Oh, yeah, they're going to come after. You know what? They need to do better. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. Jeff, you've been talking about chanclas since we got to the studio. Do you want some? Is there something you want to say? Oh, no. I would never want to give a chancla to anyone. While he's looking at Brenda. No. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Well, well, coming off of me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's flying across the room. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that was a great episode. Lauren, thank you so much for being a part of it. We really appreciate it. And we hope that there's going to be more opportunities in the future for you to jump on the mic. And maybe next time with Brenda and and all of us or just Brenda or Kinsea, but just have you back. So thank you so much. I'm so excited. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Tamani the Podcast is produced by Jeff DeVoe, Brenda Gonzalez, and Luis Octavio. Our intern is Lauren Gaitan. Sound engineering and original music by Jeff DeVoe, a.k.a. Producer Jeff. Don't forget to rate and review Tamarindo on Apple Podcasts and to use the hashtag SupportBrownPodcast to find other Latino-produced casts like Nos Vemos en el Suatmeet and Latino Rebels. Rate and review. 
please. You can always get a hold of us at tamarindopodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our website, tamarindopodcast.com to catch all of our previous episodes and learn more about us. Don't forget to rate and review as Luis just shared because that's how other people find us. Until the next episode, don't forget, ponte un suéter. Y nos vemos en el SWAT meet. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI, 220099. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.